Welcome to Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, the podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. Right now, we're in between seasons, and so instead of our regular scheduled programming, we're here with something new. It's time for some debates, and our debate today is going to be, you guessed it, another good one. What is the best superhero film? Rick, Park. Hey, how you feeling about that? You you got you got your superhero film in your back pocket. I'm doing the very first one that popped into my head. Oh well, I can't wait to hear. But we've decided with the coin toss that I will be going first. But for all of our listeners out there that have forgotten how these debates work, we're just going to give you a quick little recap. So how it's going to work is both sides will get a chance to share their thoughts and opinions. And then we will have a short rebuttal session. During that first opinion sharing session, neither side can talk over each other. But the second session, anything is fair in love and war. Isn't that right, Rick? Anything is fair in love and war. Personal insults on the table. Yep, that's what they say. After that, it's up to you to decide. You decide who won the debate by sharing, liking, and specifically commenting who you felt like won the debate. So... Make sure to comment. It's the only way we're going to know who actually won. It's the only way I'm going to know that I won, basically. So please do that so that we can have a clear, concise victor as we have had throughout all of these debates. I just know I'll, I'll, I'll win no matter what park. It's what I know. I don't need the, the audience to tell me what I know. Oh, yeah, I bet so. Well, I'm just going to jump into this, Rick, and uh, tell you what the best superhero film is. All right? Let's get it. All right. So, Rick, I sat here in this very chair before our debates, and I had to think long and hard about what is the best superhero film. My mind scrambled and went to some different places. Did I want to go with Christopher Nolan's darling of a film, The Dark Knight? Did I want to go with the emotionally resonating conclusion to the Wolverine character in Logan? Did I want to go with the purest Batman comic book adaption to date in the Batman? Or maybe the first Avengers when multiple superheroes don the silver screen together in an unprecedented (laughs) crossover. Rick, this is my time. I am speaking. You need to be quiet. Shut that little mouth of yours. But Rick, you know what? You know what I, I decided on after careful consideration? I said, I said nay to them all. I said nay to them all, Rick, because the best superhero film of all time is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. I wrote notes with that in mind. I know. I'm sure you're coming with a strong rebuttal. All right. Let me... I'll shut up. It's your time. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I could ever ask for. Give Sam his time to shine, Rick, because Spider-Man 2 is a pure comic book beauty slapped onto the silver screen and it's it's over the top stylized transitions it's camera movements the action and blocking to mimic comic book moments flying off the pages and onto the screen but rick even with all of that stylization the swooping camera movements that fit the spider-man aesthetic so perfectly it is so grounded 
in an authentic story that it's telling. Never at one move it, moment does Sam Raimi lose sight of what's important in these films and in Spider-Man 2 specifically. And that, Rick, is the characters and Peter Parker himself. And, and Rick, let's just talk about that for a minute. Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi bring to life the most authentic adaption of Peter Parker to date. And I know I know you're going to talk about this. I'm already prepared. People give Toby a hard rap for some of his acting. But the stories that they create, and specifically in Spider-Man 2, have such a deep love for the character and everything Peter Parker represents in opposite to the MCU movies, and I'm not just talking about the Spider-Man MCU movies, but I'm talking about the MCU movies as a whole, these movies have a soul to them. They have morality built within them. There's such a heart to them that just can't be found, especially in the modern-day superhero scene now where it's so factory-made and beat-by-beat perfectly put together and constructed to sell tickets no, this is a beautiful, messy, human film. And I just love that. You don't get that anymore nowadays. And that in itself just elevates it to one of the top films. And of course, all the other things that I'm saying is what p- puts it from one of the tops to the very best. Rick, there is no more relatable superhero than Spider-Man. And there is no more relatable of a Peter Parker movie than Spider-Man 2. Famous screenwriter Aaron Sorkin has said this, when developing a character in a story, you have to give the character a goal and continually put obstacles in the way of that character. You need to continually beat your character down, crush them. That's what Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies do, and Spider-Man 2 does it best. Peter Parker is always torn between the responsibility of Spider-Man and having a normal life and how those things are diametrically opposed and can't live together. And whenever he pursues something with Spider-Man, something terrible happens in his life as Peter Parker. And it just builds and builds and Peter continually gets beat down until the point where he turns his back on being a superhero. He gives up on the responsibility that he has been handed, that he has to live up to, walks away from it, Rick. What other superhero movie have we had where the superhero just walks away? None. It's beautiful, Rick. And and Rick, for a movie to balance such larger-than-life set pieces and bend the genre throughout the film it's a masterclass. you have the melancholy in these films you have the drama you have the action adventure horror elements when doc ox arms first come to life that sam raimi classic horror staple right there you've got comedy as well and rick there are still moments and quotes and scenes from this film that bring smiles and laughs to people's faces 20 years later And it's all wrapped up into one fine bow. Also, Rick, this movie has the most iconic Spider-Man scene and one of the most iconic superhero movie scenes ever created in the train sequence. The way Spider-Man sacrifices himself to protect those New York City civilians and then inspire 
inspiring hope in them to the point where they protect him from Doc Ock. It's beautiful, Rick, and it reminds us what true unselfish acts can do. And don't even get me started about Doc Ock, which is such a great villain. He's a mentor to Peter and inspires him to confess his love to Mary Jane in this movie, Rick. The fact that there are so many nuances and details and levels and layers to that relationship, it's just so well done and articulated. There's a reason the Sam Raimi villains were brought back to be the main baddies in the new Spider-Man movie, Rick. There's a reason because they're timeless and perfectly encapsulate their roles. They are perfect villains, perfect superhero villains. And finally, Rick, this may be the most important point I have of all of the things I have said. It's pizza time. And I rescind my argument. You rescind it? So you're, just, you're no, discounting your I, I don't mean rescind. <laughs> I, end, I end my argument. Well, Park, if we were debating what is the best Spider-Man movie of all time, I wouldn't even choose this. I would do Into the Spider-Verse. So this is not at all even close to me to being the best spider superhero movie of all time. But before we even get there, Park, we haven't even talked about my choice. My choice uh, even has some characteristics of things that you talk about. And I think that those characteristics even meet my choice better than yours, Park. Oh, I, just, okay. I feel like I want to give you one guess. No one from the, from the brain that used... I don't even know what movie we're deciding that I... Is it not one of the ones that you were texting about doing earlier? It's not one of the ones I was texting about. All right, I have to think about it for a moment. Okay. Um, ooh, Rick, this is going to be hard. It's not Marvel or DC. It's not Marvel or DC. Not Marvel or DC. Well, it can't be Hancock with Will Smith. It's not Hancock. <laughs> I, I love that movie, but it's not Hancock. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Rick. Please, enlighten me. Park, the first movie that came in my mind, without even like trying to make something out of nothing with an argument is the Incredibles. I think the Incredibles You and your Pixar movies coming out of left field, Rick. You did this with Monsters Inc. too. I, dude, I think well I think Pixar is the best like was. I can't say is anymore. They've that, lost that era. Bit. That era of yeah, Pixar. That era of Pixar, like they were on a run and had some of the best storytelling I literally think we've ever seen. Uh, unfortunately it feels like that run has ended. Hopefully it can start up again at some point. All good things come to an end, Rick. I'm doing The Incredibles. One, I, you mentioned... I'll just go out with iconic scene. I was re-watching some moments from this movie, and the, the flight scene in this movie is just as good as Top Gun 2, which has some of the most amazing flight oh scenes. It's incredible. Gosh. Park. The stakes are high, Park. The stakes are so high throughout The Incredibles. And we have some darkness in this movie. The whole reason why the plot of the movie happens and how it drives is because a lawsuit happens against Mr. Incredible from saving a guy who was trying to commit suicide. First of all, that's uh, that's very crazy. That that's a 2004 animated, Disney animated movie. You don't even see people committing suicide today in superhero movies. They were edgier back then, Rick. They were edgier. They took chances. Um, I think this is the best superhero score of all time. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Michael Giacchino. Giacchino? He's done a lot of superhero scores. He's done a lot of Pixar scores. He's the score of Up and some of other movies like that. He did... Uh, also notably does scores of other um, kind of superhero uh, video games. I think this is the best of all time. I think it's by far the most memorable. Um, in preparation, I actually went back and listened to the score of Spider-Man 2 and this. Because, Park, I knew – I have notes on why 
um, Spider-Man 2 is overrated, and I have notes on why um, The Dark Knight is overrated. Just because I knew, I knew that you were going to pick one of those two. (laughs) Rick, how dare you? Um, So yeah, so Park, we have every single character, a lot of characters in this movie, a lot of of cast. And this is not, we're just copying something out of a comic book. We got to build story, Park. We got to build a lot of story and build a lot of characters. They do it in two hours, which is absolutely incredible. In a two hour runtime, we have characters that are fully fleshed out. We have a strong female character. And her superpower is more than just girl power, which is amazing. We actually have a strong female lead that can, that that they're not trying to just tokenize it. Absolutely incredible. And Park, you mentioned in yours the relatability. Nothing is more relatable than some of the family dynamics of this. Some of the struggling personal dynamics of getting lost in a just a nine to five job. He didn't want to be in a nine to five job. Just clocking his hours, having a mean boss, who. I just I think there's nothing more relatable than some of the characters in the movie. You can relate to anyone in this movie, whether it's Dash. I feel like uh, when I was a kid and I watched this in 2004, I was like, Dash is the man. I want to be Dash. But Park, I'm wa- living my life now. I see Mr. Incredible. I understand it. I understand what Mr. Incredible goes through. Relatability is at its peak here. Um, I think it's self-contained. I think it's hard to talk about uh, something like Spider-Man 2. It's even hard to talk about The Dark Knight. And again, I'm not saying that these are, I I never want to say that these are bad movies. These are great movies. Um, I just think that this is a movie that is self-contained. And when you watch The Incredibles, the 2004 original Incredibles, you're not hungry or looking for a sequel. Again, Disney's a cash cow. Disney doesn't give a crap anything. 14 years later, we did get a sequel. But I think you can watch The Incredibles. It's complete without needing a sequel. And that's something that we don't see with superhero movies at all. Even like we're talking about some of the greatest ones. We're talking about Spider-Man 2, which obviously build off of relationship dynamics, build off of a lot of stuff that was in Spider-Man 1. Uh, we talk about the Dark Knight that built, that did have to build off of... Now, to be fair, when I go back and watch that Batman series, I feel like Batman Begins, I honestly am starting to like a little more. Just honestly cr- feel like crazy to me to say. Um, I feel like some people are getting to that point too when they rewatch them. Uh, but that obviously to build off of different dynamics and different things of Batman. This is a very self-contained movie. It didn't have to, anything to build off of. Um, yes, we talked about the relevance of family issues and dramatics. The thing that I think is amazing about this is, Parker, I'm not a superhero guy. Mainly because I think when we watch superhero movies today, whether it's DC, the mess of movies that DC makes or the movies, the cash cow of Marvel, we see movies that like it doesn't fit anywhere else than just being a superhero movie. It's like it's kind of shallow. You have its characters, you have its comedy, and that's it. You look at The Incredibles, and it fits into so many different places. You have superhero, you have family drama, you even have spy movie all into one. Because, and that goes back to the score, Michael, again, if I'm butchering his name, you can correct me. You're more of a movie guy than I am. Michael Giacchino? Giacchino? I don't know. Michael, Michael, Michael Chino. Hopefully someone doesn't come at me. I think he's incredible, so please don't come at me. Um, he did a score some of the Bond films, and you can kind of see some of that elegance into this. So I think there is some uh, incredible dynamics here, Park. And I guess before we even debate against each other movies, that's where I'm going to walk away from my argument. So not only I think this is the best superhero movie of all time, I think this is a top three animated movie of all time. Well, Rick, I, re- I respect your argument, and I think that that was honestly a really great pick. That's And that's something that a lot of people, I think, 
would forget about and not think about. And you also have to think, why are people forgetting and not thinking about it? Maybe because it's not the best film. Oversaturation is the reason, Pork. I don't know, Rick. I don't know. But let me just say, you know, I I think you brought up some really beautiful points. I think you, you brought up a lot of great points. But at the end of the day, Rick, there's a disconnect between an animated film and a live action film and the audiences that watch them. First and foremost, The the Incredibles is not going to be seen by nearly as many people as a live action Spider-Man film. Uh, people want to go see live action things. There's a whole level of audience of people out there who won't go see something like The Incredibles just because it's animated. So we're basing off how a movie is better because of box office numbers? That's crazy, no. Park. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying guess that... Par- guess Parasite sucked as a movie. I'm just saying that right? maybe for something to be the best, it needs to be ac- accessible to the largest group of people as part of That's the factor. It. This is accessible. It's accessible, but is it's it... It's on Disney+. As- Plus. <laughs> so, is <Spider-Man. laughs> so is Spider-Man 2. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Disney owns everything, Rick. They do. They do. They own everything. Rick, one of the things you were talking about in your argument is you said stakes are so high in the film, but you don't explain what any of those stakes are. What what are the stakes in this film? They're on a remote island, and he's going to give superheroes a bad name that are already basically extinct. He's trying so. to kill. He's trying to kill superheroes and take over the world. Park. What Rick, are they doing in Spider Man Two? You just have little Doc Ock cause them some terror. He's doing the same exact thing, but in a more personal way. He Is goes, he trying to kill... He's trying to take over the world, Park? He's trying to... Per, no, he's not trying to take over the world, but he's trying hmm. to accomplish little his scientific hands. experiment and create the nuclear fission. But that's going to destroy the entire city, if not the entire world, because it's unstable and not Park, able to be controlled. That is some of the lowest stakes of literally all of Spider-Man movies. The Amazing Spider-Man has, but better, that's the thing. It's not. It's not about the large, grandiose thing. It's about the personal level. It's. It's about the intimate of that film. It's What's about the soul What's, of a man, on, Rick. It's about Doc Ock's redemption at the end of that film, Rick. What's more personal than someone trying to kill your kids, Park? What's more personal than that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Someone trying to kill the the mother of my kids, which is basically what's happening in Spider-Man 2 with Mary Park. Jane and being in distress at the end there. We got back to the Incredibles home at the end of the movie. I thought everything was just fine and dandy. But no. He took Jack-Jack, Park. He took their child. That was shoehorned Jack- in. What? That's shoehorned in at the end just to show, oh, Jack-Jack that has his so powers. You can't even say, that, is, that is such an incredible scene. Of course it's going to show that he has that he's gaining his powers and he has some of the best powers of all. Yeah, of course. Of course he does. Hasn't had any training. That's that's what the, that movie's teaching you, that you just are naturally born gifted, that you don't have to work hard to be a, the best superhero, Rick. That's what I'm learning from that, The Incredibles. I mean, that's literally this version of Spider-Man he, he's allowed to be stupid because he can shoot webs out of his skin. He doesn't have to make... He doesn't have to invent anything. He's still a smart guy. He's going to college. So there's a lot of people going to college. <laughs> yeah, college degrees are nothing right now for him. He's top of his class when he, put, when he denies his Spider-Man responsibilities, Rick. He just isn't able to apply himself because he's spending too much time saving the city. Sacrifices, Rick. It's all about sacrifices. What, sacri- what sacrifices are the Incredibles making? 
Well, they sacrificed uh, saving people when that lawsuit hit. He had to go to his nine to five job. She sacrificed herself being a superhero to take care of kids. A lot of sacrifices were being made. Rick, whatever. Listen, another thing you brought up was the relatability of the Incredibles. And I agree, they're relatable. They do have family issues. But you can't argue that it's more relatable than Peter Parker. We don't live their lives like we do Peter Parker. You're the ma- Spider-Man? You the, live Peter Parker's The life? majority of the Incredibles film takes place on a remote island where they're wearing their superhero costumes and trying to stop this bad villain but i'm a more time in the sam raimi spider-man 2 film is peter parker on screen without the spider-man costume we are experiencing the hardships of his life when he's revealing to mary jane that he was responsible for uncle ben's death when he's we should talk about mary jane she's one of the worst love interests spider-man has had in any of his movies not even gonna go there, Rick. <laughs> I'm I'm just telling you how it is. We're there when Peter are Parker you is confessing. Are a sucker for nostalgia. Rick, when it's people not nostalgia. Go, when people watch these old movies, it's just like cute and cheesy. No, and it's just a sucker for there nostalgia. There is there is heart and soul in this film, Rick. Something that is very much missing in modern day filmmaking. I agree. It's missing. In my, I mean, that's. That's a similar point to why I think the 2004 Incredibles is a masterpiece. They're both masterpieces, right? They're, I'm not arguing that the Incredibles is a masterpiece. I'm arguing that it's not as great of a superhero film as Spider-Man 2. Mark, you just, you're just a sucker for the overrated nostalgia. I got one more point, one more counterpoint I wanted to it's, bring up. It's full house in superhero form. No, oh, don't go there, Rick. Don't <laughs> go there. You know I'm a sucker for full house. <laughs> If there was a laugh track, maybe we would be having a different conversation right now. I'm shocked, I'm shocked there wasn't in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Gosh. Rick, listen. Spider-Man 2 is a complete film. You brought up the point that Spider-Man 2 is built off the relationships of the first Spider-Man. But the, the second film holds up on its own. If no one had ever seen the first film, they're still going to be emotionally attached to these characters and go on this journey it has a strong beginning middle and end and also i don't think it's a negative to or or it should a film should be hurt because of something that they came before it whether this is a sequel or not it's specifically we're talking about this film itself just making a point park you're making a point but i don't think it's a very good point rick that's all i'm saying park you're choosing probably one of the least you're choosing the least emotional spider-man out of all of them and you're also choosing one of the least emotional stories least emotional one of of the weakest spider-man and i will even say it's one of the weakest is the amazing spider-man 2 and it has a way more emotional point out with gwen stacy dying at the end than this movie can even get close to no rick no without a doubt without a doubt mark you need to go back and watch spider-man 2 there is nothing more poignant and personal and emotional than when peter parker sits down with his with his aunt in her in her living room at the table and reveals to her that he's responsible for uncle ben's death there's no score playing over that it's silence the camera moves out outside the room looking in you feel the emptiness, the weight, the loss, the pain, everything boiled together. You and feel that in every Spider-Man. Anyone it, that's ever portrayed Spider-Man has these moments. It's the exact same every single time. That is such a gut-wrenching scene, Rick. And to say that that doesn't have 
the emotional level that anything else. I just, oh, you're grinding my gears right now. Mark, it's it's overwhelmed. The movies are overwhelmed by intentional cheesiness because it was made to be movie like comics. I guess, like, if you want to say this is the best comic book movie of all time, like, I'll give that to you. I'm not trying to debate that. I am debating that it is. This is a. It's a weak superhero movie. Park. It's over. Not weak. It's overrated. I'm sorry. I have to disagree, and I think we may have to agree to disagree on this one until, of course, we find out who the winner is in our comments. So, whoever you liked in this debate, let us know. Comment below. We'd love to know who you thought won the debate. Rick, I think it's pretty obvious based off this debate who is the winner is, don't you think? Parker, I think if you choose Tobey Maguire to be your debate winner of anything, that's already a losing position. Rick, you know what? I'm going to hit up Tobey Maguire to make sure that he votes for me on this film because he would vote for me. So just don't take a picture of him. He'll lash out. See those paparazzi videos? Those are, those are his best. Co- those are better content and more emotion than he's shown in any of his movies. Oh, my or the paparazzi videos. gosh, Rick. They're Get out of here. closing point. You can, you can go now. <laughs> All right, on that note, everybody, you've been listening to Two Dudes, One Movie Podcast, the podcast where two dudes dive into cinematic masterpieces from a different decade each week. Thank you so much for listening to our debates. We had a really great one this week. Make sure to comment, like, share this around, share our our little shorts around, too. We love to get a little bit of traction on that as well. Um, And stay tuned for next week where we will have another great debate queued up for you all. Until then, see ya. Bye.